and welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. Joining us again are our co-host cohorts, Mark and Billy. How you guys doing? Doing all right. Pretty good. How about you? Pretty fantastic. Now that we are picking our journey up once again in Mass Frost Mighty Digressions. Eric, do you want to give us a recap and take us away? Yes. So when we last saw our heroes, they were in the Vatican City questioning a few other knowledge seekers about the monstrous books phenomenon. Both of the characters you spoke with gave you all of the information that they had, and it led you to believe that these books both came from a single seller in the marketplace in Cairo. Your Vatican page that was assigned to help you, Sprig, told you that if you discovered and kind of sussed out the source of these of this anomaly uh, that the Vatican would pay you handsomely. Uh, so they sent you on your adventure. So from the Vatican, from Rome, you took a, a small ship up the, the river Tiber to a port at the mouth of the Mediterranean. From there, you took a larger ship to Alexandria. And from Alexandria, it's a four-day journey to, to Egypt. Everything has gone smoothly, and it is the night of the third day traveling from Alexandria to Cairo. And you hear barking and howling on the sand dunes to your west. And can you describe again where we're staying? So you are, you're kind of on... You're on the main road from Alexandria to Cairo. Uh, <clears throat> it is kind of, you know, at this time, it is not very developed, um, but it is still a, a main travel path. Um, but you are in kind of the middle of the desert. You, you, it is about the time of night that you would set up camp. Um, the Vatican did not send any pages or helpers with you, so it is just the three of you, but you have... Um, they did supply you with, you know, horses and um, like stuff to make camp and provisions uh, because they know this type of journey, like how long it takes. So they know that you'd need some supplies to get there and back. Um, so it is the three of you, three horses. Camels? Um, Can they be camels? They could be camels. Um, I think either would work. It's, I mean, it's a, like I said, like a three or four day journey from, from one to the other. Um, so they could be camels easily. But you are in the middle of the desert, basically. Uh, there's, there's no civilization around you. Kind of the sand duny, um, iconic desert that you tend to think of when you think of like northern Egypt um, outside of the Nile Valley. And the sun is setting. It's getting close to its dusk. So you, like I said, should be probably be stopping sooner or later for, for camp. Um, but you hear... You hear barking and howling off to your west. Well, I, I take it we should mind the camels. Seems like there are wild coyotes or wolves about. Harry, Harry, be a good lad. Help me set up camp. And I guess we'll start uh, unpacking and setting up camp for the evening. As you do that, you see a you see two uh, very large dogs kind of crest the the top of the dune uh, to your west, the sand dune to your west. And then a man 
steps up and you see his silhouette uh, and you hear him say, Ah, give me all your money. Sick em, boys. And I'm going to need you to roll initiative. I'll be right back. I got to grab my dice. Sorry. Haha, <laughs> sucker. You thought this was a role playing game. This is a dice game. One for Mark Twain. He's, he was sitting down, not paying attention at all. So he is absolutely not. Uh, he's in his book. He was not paying attention <laughs> at all. 18. Houdini saw it coming. 19 for Tesla. All right, let me organize these. All right. Um, so, Tesla, you see, it is your, your first in the order. Um, you see these, this man um, at, at the top of the sand dune. He's maybe 40 feet away from you with two very large, very angry looking, looking dogs. What do you do? And essentially, we heard him say for the dogs to attack us. Is yes, that... uh, he demanded your money and told his dogs to attack you, but it is not his nor the dog's turn. So nothing has happened on that end. Well, which is it, man? Do you wish to have our money or do you wish to attack us? Call off your dogs and we will, we will discuss this civilly. We are on an urgent errand and we do not wish to harm you, but we will defend ourselves if we must. And uh, I'm going to take the dodge action. Okay, smart. It is his turn next. And he says, I want your money and I want all your stuff. And my dogs need a nice dinner for tonight. And he pulls a revolver and shoots. Let me see who. Let me guess. <laughs> so it's actually. <laughs> um, he shoots Mark Twain sitting on the ground um, reading his book. How dare you? Oh, God, that's brutal. And. 17 to hit? Yeah, I'm, my yeah. armor class is 9, so yes. <laughs> I mean, he rolled fucking bones over here. And that's uh, only 2 damage. And then he uh, he doesn't move. He stays up on the top of the sand dune after firing a shot at ostensibly at the group, but it hit, hit Mark Twain. Um, and it is Harry's turn. Can you remind me of the range this fella is at? Uh, he's about 40 feet. Perfect. Okay. Houdini is going to use cunning action to hide behind, let's say, um, like a tent or, yeah, I guess one of the tents we've set up in camp. Kind of take cover behind there and use that as a... So he's going to hide behind the edge of a tent and then get his um, throwing cards ready. So he can do three throwing cards in an attack. I got a 15, a 1, and a 14. So who are you throwing these things at? Um, the pistol-wielding, very rude robber. So he's like okay, popping out from behind the tent and whipping them, and then kind of going back into his hiding place. That's his strategy. So you got a 15, a 14, and a 1? Yes. So the 15 and the 14 hit. Roll damage. Ooh. Four. Uh, that's 12 total. Dang. I rolled four on both hits. And then the plus two. Pretty good. 
so for your first card, then you you get advantage. So roll a roll again just to see if you get a twenty. Okay. I did not. Okay. And then for the are we then saying that the first card gets sneak attack also? Like the actual the bonus die? I think so. And uh, then yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, so you so we you can hit apply with, that to the first one. Yeah, we'll apply that to the first one. So you did hit with the first one, so you can add your sneak attack. Die. I'm gonna. I'll save it for now. Okay. Um, it's not a resource that you expend. Yeah. I would, yeah once just, extra damage, yeah. I would take it. Once per turn, okay. you take one yeah. extra d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack. It doesn't say like it has to be one or attack. It's just once per turn you can add an extra d6 damage when you attack to a creature okay, you don't cool. know. So it doesn't matter how many attacks per, you get or how the other time it's gotcha. once per turn. And this this mofo just shot at the national. List. Yeah, he yeah. just shot at national treasure. So, F5. oh man, add <laughs> add five. Okay. So that brings the total 17. to seventeen. I mean, he's the rogue. That's what rogues do. Jesus, rogues are damage dealers. Should shot your ass. Okay. Um, anything else you would like to do? Nope. I think that's enough for me. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so it is the dog's turn. The dogs snarl and bark and charge at you. Um, and one goes for Mark Twain. And the other goes for Mark Twain. Sorry. Trying to make, like, the things that don't have, like, like they're not smart. Yeah, yeah. they're intelligent. So, like, I'm, I just... I'm, I'm on are... the ground. I'm just still probably... I'm still probably sitting because I'm... Yeah. I'm easy there, target. Are, there are three of you, so I just... Split you up on like the D six and that's fine. Mark Twain got both. Um, so the first one, Jesus. Um, They're gonna hit I mean, unless they get less than a nine. Yeah. Well, the first one rolled a nineteen, and so the first one runs up to you and bites you with his mouth for two, two bite damage. Okay. And the second one bites you for two bite damage again, and that's that's their turn. So now. After being shot and bitten twice, it is Mark Twain's turn. All right. Well, he is going to uh, stand up, uh, disengage from the dogs, and go hide behind a tent because he is—he's not a combat guy. So you guys can fight this. And it's, uh, dear gentlemen, do you please take care of this. I'm my old bones with the the long journey. I, I don't think I'm going to be of much aid in this. So. If you would please deal with this delicate situation, how you feel is best. Uh, disengage and run away. All right, then it is Tesla's turn. Fair enough, Samuel. We will protect you. These two dogs are close together, yeah? Yes. Uh, they were both biting a single person, so they are close to each other, standing like shoulder to shoulder, basically. Tesla is going to use a rudimentary phosphorus marking system, also known as fairy fire, to coat them in a luminescent powder that will make them easier to hit. So I believe they roll a dexterity saving throw, and if they fail a DC 13, they are luminescent. Okay. Well, first one got a natural 20. Nimble dog. And the next one failed. He wrote a four. 
So one is is luminescent. One did a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we could say that like the uh, they're probably like shoulder to you, so there's like one maybe blocking the other one a little bit. Uh, so your your phosphorus light system hit the first one, and the first one kind of blocked the second one a little bit. Cool. And um, I will uh, detach my buckler and uh, put myself in between the dogs and uh, Samuel. All right. Perfect. It is the bandit's turn then. Um, so with the other two hiding, the bandit can really only see Tesla. So he pulls his pistol and takes a shot at you. And does a 15 hit? Does not hit. All right. So with his pistol trained on you, he pulls a shot and you hear like a ping off of your little, your mechanical armor. Uh, and he doesn't, he doesn't move. Uh, he just stays up there menacing. And it is Harry Houdini's turn. Houdini screams, is this your card? And then... Um... Fires three more playing cards at the robber. Uh, that's a two, 19, and 13. Um, so then the second two were 19 and a 13? Yes. They hit. And damage. Anything else you'd like to do? No, he's good. Marvelous performance, Harry. Thank awesome. you, sir. It is one of my greatest tricks. It's Mark Twain's turn. Mark Twain uh, turns kind of, he's, he's in the back hiding behind things, just trying to stay out of damage. So he's still going to stay in the back, but he's going to um, turn towards the guy on the top of the hill. Is he still there? I would assume. He's there. He has not moved. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to kind of shout uh, at him to say, Oh, my my dear robber, I mean, you've caught us completely unawares with you and your you know, canine allies, and and yet we are not dealt with yet, and I do not think we're going to be dealt with anytime soon. I I do not know if this banditry life is 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 a good fit for you. I would I would say maybe uh, I, I could see you as a muckraker or some other uh, tanner, maybe some something with a the the smell of the occupation much fits your uh, your overall demeanor and temperament, and he, that is um, vicious mockery. So roll a uh, a wisdom save. Fails. He rolled a twelve. All right. Well, let me get my my, my mighty d four out. Uh, two damage, uh, but right. he does have disadvantage on his next attack roll. Okay. Was there anything else you'd like to do? No, I mean, he's still staying as he's just he's going to make sure that he's not the closest target to those dogs. That he is he's stay he's staying far away from the dog. He does not want to get bit again. All right, then it is Tesla's turn. Samuel, once again, your words cut to the bone. I'm going to try and light up one of these dogs uh and by light up i mean shoot with my x-ray gun the one that's luminescent all right what is that what does that look like uh it's a basically firebolt 
Uh, that is 16, 16 to hit. That hits. Nice. And 10 damage. Max Ooh. that out. All right. So you pull out your x-ray gun and point it at this dog that is glowing with radiation, phosphorus, I'm assuming, whatever that is. It's glowing dog. And the the ray that comes out just rips through the dog's body. And you hear a yelp and the dog falls limp. Noun boy. All right. So then it is the bandit's turn. Uh, you uh, see the bandit. You know, it is sunset, so he's silhouetted, but you can see that he is very worse for wear. Um, he puts his hand in his mouth and does that, like, cool whistle, like, really high-pitched whistle that I can't do, um, nor would I into this microphone anyway to spare your ears. And yells, come on, boy, let's go, out of here. And he retreats and runs away. And that is his turn. It is Harry Houdini's turn now. There is still one dog. Does Houdini get an opportunity of attack since he's running from the fight? No, he is 40 feet away from Hmm. Fine. Um, okay, so Houdini will change his... The dog is not retreating? It is not the dog's turn yet. Houdini will run over and punt the dog just to kick can they do that you can do that i don't want to kill it he doesn't want to kill it but he's going <laughs> to protect his friends so he's going to like just punt it okay that's fair um so that would be an unarmed attack so go ahead and roll to kick this dog <laughs> things you never thought you'd say I rolled a four. So you miss. <laughs> <laughs> so Can I your... add my dexterity to it? <laughs> um, I'm not sure it would matter. It won't help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I run. I'm so... running over and, and wheel out to kick this dog. <laughs> yeah. In your excitement, because you, you're realizing that the tide of the battle has turned, uh, you run and aren't exactly used to running on sand yet, the sifting sands, and you do a full Charlie Brown where you try to kick this dog but miss pretty widely um, and and kind of biff it and fall on your back. Lucy! Um, and now it is the dog's turn. So this dog, after hearing its master uh, whistle for it and seeing its litter mate uh, obliterated with radiation... <laughs> Uh, turns and runs away, uh, but I would imagine that Tesla and Harry are both within area of opportunity if you want to take an attack of opportunity on this fleeing hound. I don't think I was actually engaged in melee with it, so I wouldn't get an opportunity of attack. Mm, okay, you said you positioned yourself between them. I, I was assuming you to be like kind of close to them. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, I didn't know what the distance fair. was. Yeah, that's fair. That's my bad. Um, but Harry definitely is. You can probably give it a kick as it runs away if you'd like. Yeah, Harry, Harry's just uh, kicks his leg out as if falling over somehow helped scare it away. So you do want to do an attack of opportunity on it? Like a, no. On a, okay, okay. No, he'll so, just like pantomime, <laughs> kick, kick it, kicking it away as if he was helping. All right. 
so this dog runs uh, to the west over the sand dune, and you don't see it anymore, and we are out of combat. Samuel, are you okay? Are you wounded? Hmm, it's a slight wound. Finish. I, I shall heal tonight while we rest. It is, uh, it is a, a minor thing. I've I've slipped down larger hills and to get and suffered more damage from this due to clumsiness. Uh, it's not, not a problem. I'm glad to hear it. Clearly, these are dangerous sands. So you can take. You know, you were setting up camp, so we'll do a long rest anyway. Um, I wanted to, and I actually forgot to before this interaction and probably should have retroactively give all three of you advantage or uh, inspiration because you've all been doing a great job role playing um, and I always forget to do it because I get sucked up in the role play <laughs> um, so all three of you have have inspiration going forward and really should have through this fight also nice thanks um, so the night is Calm as the other nights were in your journey. Uh, in the morning, you pack up and you will be able to reach uh, Cairo uh, by midday. There and was, uh, there was one thing that I wanted to try and resolve, like on the travel, like while we mm -hmm. were on the ship or boat or something. Um, the ectoplasm that we collected from the room before, mm -hmm. Tesla's intention was to just see what it was made of. To kind of understand what they're dealing with, like a book that transforms into some kind of energy monster is strange. So if he's got time while he's on a ship traveling, yeah, uh, he wants to try and identify what that is. Perfect. Let me figure out what it is. So you you collected. I mean, you've been calling it ectoplasm. Um, and that's really kind of that's that's what it is. It's a sphere of ectoplasm. Um, so this would be a new substance for for Tesla. You've never seen something of this like chemical nature, this um, like physical nature before. So that it is a a goo that has kind of an innate charge to it. Um, that doesn't seem to be coming from an outside source and doesn't really seem to be dissipating. Uh, so, you, so your experience in electricity, um, you would know a lot about the way that electricity behaves. Um, and this behaves differently. It seems it's almost battery-esque, which I don't think have been invented yet, like DC. So... It's it's similar to to that type of electricity. Your your speciality is AC electricity, um, alternating current, and this is more reminiscent of DC current. But it doesn't discharge like if you touch it, or um, I imagine you might have like a a primitive multimeter. It it, it keeps its charge every time you test it. So it's a substance you've never seen before, and I believe that the word ectoplasm is very uh, appropriate. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. That's yeah. I'll lock that away for later. Good. I don't know almost anything about electricity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the rest of your travels are uh, pretty mundane, pretty boring. 
Uh, you are all healed up, and any resources you spent are back from your from your long rest. Um, so, getting into Cairo, you know from your two sources that you're looking for uh, what Valar called the Wide, which is it's an area of Cairo, um, and it's it's a well known area. You know, you would know this just if you knew almost anything about the city. Um, this is where the grand market is. This is where uh, kind of the merchant class and the upper class live, like the the bottom of the upper class and the merchant class live in this area of town. Um, and it is bustling. It it really is like the center of commerce uh, right along the Nile. So you get the uh, the goods coming from the Mediterranean and the goods coming from, you know, inner continent um, here. And... You know you are looking for a book vendor. But that's it. That's all you know. Samuel, this is clearly your realm of expertise. Mark Twain. Uh, he, so we're in the market. Um, Mark Twain looks for um, just a... a, a uh, the nicest looking... Um, vendor of like you know spices or, or something like that that they would have in, mm-hmm. in Cairo and um <clears throat> he he goes up to to the vendor uh and hopefully one that that speaks English so he, that's another thing he's looking for one that he he hears a little bit of uh English speaking so that they can understand him uh and he um <clears throat> uh, you know introduces himself uh, um hello yes I'm Visiting this very, very, uh, this market is the the most outstanding market I've ever seen, and oh, these the quality of these spices are, um, are superb. I've I have never seen such a varied array of such quality merchandise. I'm blown away at at, at this bazaar, and I uh, I do admit that I was hoping to pick up not only these spices, but um, friend talked about. Uh, a, a book here that there may be a, a very quality book vendor as well. Um, do you have you have you heard one or have any recommendations of of the mo- of of the book vendor, uh, the finest book vendor you have in these um, in in these parts? So he's going to buy. So he's spending gold. He's going to buy um, just a, a a bag of 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 spices to get on their their good side, and then. You know, while the uh, you know the purchase is being done, he's bringing this up small talk and small talk, and uh, is going to try to uh, to do kind of a uh, a persuasion check to, to yeah. see or whatever you want to call it. He's not actually casting charm person, but he's yeah. trying to put on the charm. Okay. Make- so yeah, roll me roll me a persuasion check with advantage because you you bought some spices. That's good. Uh, 16. That passes. Um, so the vendor says, oh, yes, we have a, uh, a book stalls. We have several book stalls in the, the market. Um, there is um, Amber Dune Books is in the back corner. We all kind of move around. It depends on what time of day you get here, what store you get. Uh, but Amber Dune Books is in the back corner. Of the kind of the southeast, southeast, and uh, 
there are two other bookstores. Uh, John's Books is in Northwest, and um, Egypt Books is in the western part, I think, today. Okay, so we have Amber Dunes in the southeast back corner, John's Books in the northwest, and then Egypt Books in the west. So those are the... Those are the three book ones. A mighty fine recommendation, my friend. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm in your debt once again. I, uh, I cannot thank you enough for this information. You know, I'm uh, so, a little bit out of, out of place here. Just the wonderment of such a fantastic city, fantastic people in this market. Blown away. Uh, so he, I'm guessing that people heard this, uh, this discussion. So he's going to kind of walk away at an earshot from that uh, vendor after he buys the, the spices and he's going to, you know, confer with his comrades. I, I don't, did we get any, I, I don't remember getting any information about the name of this bookseller. Um, Amber Dunes, John Books, and Egypt Books. I, don't, I guess we can just find one. Uh, Amber Dunes. You, Dune, you did. Oh. You did get a little, sorry to interrupt your RP. Um, yeah. You did get a little bit from uh, Yarlin. Oh, he said something about Dune. He did say something about Dune. That's right. I have that in my notes. So Amber Dune it is. So I do remember Yarlin uh, High Scroll did say something of the books, something about Dune and this Amber Dune. I think that's our best lead. So, uh, I think if you would follow me to the southeast corner, well, let's go check out um, this Amber Dune book store. Yes, we will okay. follow your lead. So you travel through the crowded marketplace of the wide uh, and you go to the southwest corner. And before you see the bookstore, you hear a man kind of barking his wares and, and yelling and, mar you know, doing marketing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it sounds like a big, friendly, kind of bolsterous voice. Um, so it's it's kind of an easy... In the crowd, it's harder to see, you know, the names of, like, the, the names of the stores are on, like, sandwich boards a lot of times because these shops move around. It really does depend on how early you get there, what shop, what, like, stall you get. And these stalls are a lot of them kind of built into the wall. So it'll have like a um, an arch that goes in, you know, maybe six feet uh, and everything in there, the the shopkeepers kind of set up every day. So there there is like an inside to them. They're not just like carts, um, although they will also build or bring with them shelves and stuff to put on the outside of the arch to make it feel bigger and deeper. So you hear a man, you know, shouting about books and you, you're you fairly certain you're in the right place. Mark Twain is going to go into the, the bookstore uh, and look. Does he see any books by himself? Does he? Do they sell any Mark Twain books? I would assume they may. So as you come in, a big... Kind of, you know, very tall, 6'4", maybe 300 pound, big, jolly uh, Egyptian man spots you and recognizes you immediately. And you he, he goes, oh, Marcus Twain in my bookstore. How wonderful is this, Mr. Marcus Twain? 
what can I do for you? Oh, good sir. I'm glad that uh, that my fame precedes me. Uh, you you humble me, good sir. Um, I, of course, am a lover of the written word. Uh, and I have heard from many colleagues that this is the place to go if you were to find uh, to find some books that you can find nowhere else, not only in Cairo, but maybe even in all of Africa or the world even. I, I don't know if that's true. That might be a bit of hyperbole, but, uh, you know, I, I will make a journey uh, any day of the week just to validate such outrageous claims. And because uh, even if they have a hint of truth to them, this uh, this is definitely a, a bookstore that is <laughs> worthy of such a trip. Uh, he, oh, Marcus Twain, I appreciate your your compliments. We are the best bookstore in the wide. Uh, I do apologize, Mr. Twain. We do not have any Mark Twain books. Uh, we do have Egyptian versions of Mark Twain books. So we have Hook Fig, Crocodile Tale. And it's the same book. It's, uh, you know, Hook Fig and his Ethiopian friend. They build raft. Uh, they go down the Nile. They kill the ancient sphinx with the power of Anubis. It's the same book. I do. I, I, I appreciate the localization. I, I do hope that I'm getting some sort of royalties, of course. And he's saying it as joking, so he honestly doesn't care. But uh, he's he's like, hey, it's okay. I'm not looking for books by myself. If, if if I may say so, some of these Mark Twain books are a little overrated. Uh, uh, but... uh, uh, wonderful. Come in, come in. Who are your friends? Who are your friends? Oh, um, this is um, my friend Nicola. Uh, and uh, my my other dear friend Harry, uh, we are um, they have accompanied me on on this journey. Of, they are knowledge seekers themselves, and uh, and I <laughs> from from what they say, and you know, this is the the best bookstore in all of the wide. It, I, I do believe that that is true, judging by the quality of the books here. Um, they have come to see if any peaks their own. Uh, curiosity of knowledge we each has we each have our own um you know base of you know of interest i you know me i am a man of of fiction and history my friend harry is i, I do not know actually what kind of books harry harry reads he is kind of a quiet shy person and of and of course nicola is a man of of science and wonder and anything that is seems beyond belief do you have any of these books uh, please let us know. Oh, yes. We have several books. Books about uh, vampires. Uh, usually the uh, teenage girls like the vampire books. Uh, we have travel books. We have all sorts of books. Uh, Mr. Nikola. What is full name? Uh, Nikola Tesla. Oh, Nikola Tesla. I think I hear that name before. Is he a famous writer, too? Oh, I, I do not know if his writings are what makes him famous. And um, I... He is. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but he uh, he likes he 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 fidgets from time to time, and I guess Nikola Tesla comes up in his. I'm not going to role play for that, but he is still wearing his giant armor, correct? Yeah. Like his power armor. <laughs> so, I'll I'll let Chris role play. Oh yes, I see this. I assume he have uh, polio and need them to walk. Not quite, but that is the vision for those who are weak in constitution to have some ease of their burden. But yes, I am interested in 
anything you have on the sciences or even more occult matters. Ah, yes, we have a small section of books on ancient religions and magical practices and scientific discoveries that used to be magical practices uh, in the back corner on the lower shelves. And who is this other friend, Mr. Harry? What is his full name? Harry Houdini. Nice to meet you, sir. Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini. I like that name. I like the way I say it. Harry Houdini. What kind of books are you interested in, Mr. Harry Houdini? Oh, I enjoy anything of the mysterious type. Mysteries are particularly interesting to me, but my hobbies recently focus more on mechanics, locksmithing, and things along those natures. I'm an escape artist by trade. Escape artist? What does, what does this mean? Ah, so glad you asked. It's the greatest show that has never been invented yet. I take the chains that one might use for, say, locking a man in a prison away for the rest of his life, and I'm able to break myself free from them using intuition, a sheer sense of cleverness, and quite a bit of magic, in fact. Oh, magic and breaking out of jail. I have many of friends that could use this skill. <laughs> oh, I have been so rude, so rude. My name is Zahn. I am proprietor of this bookstore, Amberdoon Books. Um, and he turns around a little bit and, and yells, Darren, Darren, get that friend some tea. And you just now notice that there's a, a smaller man in the back um, who was like binding some books together that may have been damaged. And he, he gets up and walks out a little back door in there, and you assume to get tea. Ah, but thank you for your hospitality. Do you mind if we browse around for a few moments? Of, of course, of course. It is not every day that Marcus Twain brings his famous friends to my shop. Anything you need, I will get for you. We thank you kindly. Thank you very much. Uh, so Mark Twain is going to um, put his hand... Uh, on the the armor of uh, of Nikola Tesla, and he's going to he's going to tap out a Morse code message. It's thematically, it's the cantrip message, so that only him and Mark Twain can understand it. Um, and he's going to to ask Mark Twain, or he's going to ask uh, Tesla if we should bring up the title of the book. And just see if we he can get a reaction, just because that's Mark Twain's big thing. He can you know read people. He's a watcher of of people in life. Perhaps we should browse around for a few moments and see if anything strikes our fancy. So as you browse around, you find you know there it's not a big shop. You know, like I said, six feet in, maybe ten feet wide, but there are bookshelves on you know the the walls, and then maybe one or two like shelves in the middle. So it creates like a few little like very tight aisles. Um, you actually, because it wouldn't take you long to to look through the the shop. One of the end caps that you recognize as like nicer, like more expensive books actually has all three of these books on it. The ones and that you, those titles. All three of, yes, all three of the ones that you were looking for, and 
as you're perusing, you see that, you know, a lot of these books are reasonably priced for what you would expect. You know, there it's it's almost a like half used bookstore, you know, kind of purveyor of um, different types of books. So some are very cheap. Some are new books that you can tell are, you know, a little more expensive. And then some are these rare books that are 10 times as much. And that is this end cap of books. Samuel, look. What do you make of this? Ooh, all all the books um, with the strange phenomenon are all in the same place. I have not heard of the other ones on this cap, but I do believe just from um, I, I I do believe that they all probably have the same phenomenon of uh, these creatures. I would not would not doubt it. But the question is, does this bookseller know of the oddity of these books um I, I find it hard to believe that they happen to be on the same end cap if he was not aware that they shared something in common if you get what i'm guessing i i do not know what the best way to I, I, to bring this up is uh i don't want i don't think the upfront method is is advisable because I doubt that they would just come out and admit it if, if we said exactly what happened. Uh, but uh, and I'm trying to avoid saying that we came from the Vatican, of course, just to you know, keep, keep some cards to ourselves, to use uh, Houdini speak. We have to hold these cards close. Um, but Hmm. Maybe we can ask a few questions about these without letting them know that we know more about these than than is the case. Uh, I, th I think that's a good idea, and of course, uh, the the lead in this. Uh, but uh, if you think of anything, um, just do not feel afraid to to uh, to interrupt me mid sentence, uh, because if if you think I'm getting in my old ways, sometimes I let things slip that shouldn't. But uh, uh, yeah, just let stop me uh, if if you have something or if you see some strange uh, reaction from them. Uh, but uh, but I think I think we are definitely onto something. I think this is the place to be. Um, yeah. So he definitely wants to. Um, yeah, we're gonna ask about these books, but in a more innocent way because they definitely you said they look much better than the other books correct uh so the books look at least the one that you've seen look exactly the same yeah um, it's the exact like you've i don't know if you've touched it but just looking at it like you it looks like the exact same book um but like the there are little like price tags you know the way mm -hmm. that like kind of like a t like they have like tiny strings and like the, mm -hmm. the tea thing and like a price would be written on it. And they are 10 times the price of the other books. All right. So that's a, a good way to start. So he's yeah. going to go to Zahn. Are they coming back with a tea yet? Yes. So right about this time, um, Theron comes back with, with a like tray of tea and hands it to Zahn. Uh, and Zahn turns around and goes, my friends, my friends, I have tea for you. Come, come in uh, to the, to the register. I will sit it on the, uh, the counter we can we can chat about your your days again marcus swain in my shop i cannot believe it of, of course my it would be my pleasure um yeah uh, so there leave those 
books um, and go over kind of out of the way so they're both together um, as he's sipping on his tea. He's like, oh, my dear, my dear Zahn, um, I've, in the, this, your bookstore has some very fine selection and some, of course, caught my eye right away. There's a few books back there that seem quite a bit more expensive. I mean, uh, not that the you know, the value of of books, you know, vary greatly. Of course, I know. I mean, uh, from a, a writer's perspective, um, I just am very curious. What? Why are those books quite a bit more expensive over there than than some of the other ones? Are they limited edition? Are they rare? I mean, I am a book collector myself. I would love to collect some rare books, but I I want to make sure that I'm not just buying a, a book that's you know only worth that much let's say locally or culturally you know bring it back to my house and this very expensive and uh you know rare book becomes nothing more than a you know, on a shelf space taker upper oh yes those books are almost one of a kind uh we we i am purveyor of books myself, uh, I buy, you know, I buy the cheap books, I buy the new books, I buy whatever will sell, but uh, I am always on the lookout for rare books, and these these are one-of-a-kind books. Uh, you will never find them in a different shop in the Vide or in Egypt or in the world. Uh, I tell you, Marcus Twain, you would love to have these on your shelves. You'd be the only man in the world that has them. Oh, so they are... what. Not just rare printing, but individual printing. So not only are you the only ones that sells them, that would be the only copy in the world. Very intriguing. That would be quite a find to have the only copy of a quality book. That is outstanding. And he's going to, um, while he's talking about that, he's, he's uh, going to see if Zahn actually believes that they are. I would assume that he doesn't, but... You know, is he, is he trying to pull a salesman tactic saying that they're the only ones? Because we've seen them before. So we know that there are multiple copies. Uh, but just make sure that he's not in on the scam or make so, sure that he is on the scam. Yeah. So do you want to, what is that? Um, insight, insight, I would believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also his, that's, I think that's his highest skill. All right. His insight was not great. It was 14. <laughs> You've got inspiration, though. Oh, yeah. Let me roll that again. Inspiration. Use my inspiration. Because this is a very big ideal, I would believe. There it is, a 19. Okay. So you do believe that he is trying to sell these books. It's a salesman's tactic. Um, but you also get just a little bit of... Like he hasn't touched these books, like he hasn't brought them up to you and like or anything like that. Uh, so th there, you, there's definitely something amiss. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not, you know, they're on display. So <laughs> he, he wants you to see them. He wants to sell them, obviously. Um, but he he's a little weary of them. You you okay. might you might see. All right, I, that's exactly what I was thinking, and I have developed a plan. Um, so he, with his tea, he's like, oh. Perfect. I'd, I'd, I'd much love to have a, a very rare, even a one, a, the only book of such caliber. Uh, uh, 
I will grab one for sure. I'll have to look and see which one I want. Um, but I mean, we've traveled a long way. Um, and I, my legs are a little sore. Do you have, um, uh, a little spot over here that I could maybe, uh, sit down and, and start to read one of these books? If you don't mind, I would, I would very much like just, you know, with the hustle and bustle out there. Um, and I've, uh, you know, I'd, I, I'm a big fan of, of books, obviously. It, it would make my day to, um, to just have, let's say, a few minutes just to sit down and, 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 and begin to read one of these marvelous books that you have. And I, of course, will pay you beforehand um, because, you know, I, I'm not one to go into a bookstore and read the books and put them back on the shelf. That is so rude. But, uh, uh, you know, and you could be proud to say that Mark Twain came in and, and read one of your books in your bookstore. I think that would be fantastic. Su such a good idea. And he, like, he's bringing it up as it's not even a question that he's just going to do it. He's going to uh, get one of the books and just start reading it right there in the middle of the store. In, in like, the kind of where they have the, where they went off to enjoy the tea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so Zahn says, oh, of course, of course. Uh, in in the back of the store, there is the the um, chairs that I sit in and Darren sits in, and we drink tea and we talk and we pray uh, backgammon and that, that. Let me clear it off, and we will uh, we will uh, we will sit and chat. Darren, get out of here. Go tell Corvara we have a famous uh, Marcus Twain here. She would love to come meet him. Um, and the other, the skinnier, younger guy goes out the back door. Um, Zahn like quickly cleans up the mess that. Theron was was making while he was like repairing books um and there there are only two chairs <laughs> so he he's like oh please sit 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 um so he doesn't sit with you but he stands and assumes Marcus Twain will sit and then whoever else would want to sit with him mm -hmm. and he moves the uh hurries hurries and goes gets the the tea from the like checkout counter and moves it back to the small table between these two chairs um, so, uh, I think he, once again, he's going to do a message, but this time to both of the guys, uh, he's going to do it in both, um, the Morse code or like a, like a thief, not a thieves can't, but type of thing like that, that only, uh, mm -hmm. Harry Houdini would understand. And he asks, he's like, do, are, are we really going to uh, open one of these books, uh, in the, in the in the back, I, it doesn't seem like he's too worried about us opening the book in his store. So maybe he's not aware of what happens when these books are opened. Um, and I don't know if I want to go through, you know, there are a lot of people around here that could get hurt. Um, I, I don't know. Do we have any suggestions on what, what could, what to do next? Do, do we want to go through with grabbing one of the books and opening them right here? Uh, to see if the same thing happens. Um, yeah, um, Tesla could run a quick examination to see if this matches the same frequency, like the energy signature, if he was able to study it on the way there um, and use like detect magic. I guess it'd be like detect anomaly or something, some kind of test he could build into what his thing I think it had to be magic to have a like a, a summoning thing or whatever you know well the the, the spell is detect magic but like if this isn't really like a high magic world you know uh yeah no i i think that that's a 
a great idea and a, and a good like detect anomaly like he would easily be able to detect like detect magic would be like detect you know frequency or you know a, a, any one of his like measuring tools like you know i mentioned a multimeter earlier like he probably has a gamut of them he could run very quickly and get like a uh, a, a readout on whether something is abnormal I guess just like attuning to what that like that ectoplasm, like that energy or that frequency, I thought would make a make a stretch yeah. to like like does this have the same energy signature? Yeah. So you you ran your tests on the ectoplasm that you you collected, um, and you know it's you know every every measurable outcome, you know what it reads at. Um, so again, like. It's voltage, it's radi, you know, it's um, radiation levels, kind of whatever you can measure, um, you know what it what it reads to. Um, so if you wanted to do that on anything else, you would easily be able to compare it. Cool. And you want to double check, and uh, I guess like the the idea was to read one of those books back there. So Mark Twain will go uh, grab one that looks interesting, that's similar, um, off the shelf, and bring it back to there. Uh, and then as he's doing it before he opens it or, you know, he's just holding it, he's going to like pass it to, um, to Nikola Tesla. It's like, Oh, look at this fine specimen. This is, I, this one is definitely intriguing. What do you think about this? My good friend. Bleep, 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 bleep. Running analysis. So your analysis comes back, prints out <laughs> whatever it does. If it's like, meh, 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 meh. Uh, whatever way you get it. And, it is 100% a normal book. Like you, you get no high readings on anything. It would be just as if you, you know, picked up any other one of these books. It's, it's not radioactive. It's not, it doesn't have a charge. It's 100% normal. Interesting. Uh, uh, I think you're right. I think this book, uh, well, interesting is maybe we can find something a little better. Um, I don't know. I think uh, magic, or uh, you know, like a, I think you can do like a whole sway, not just one item, like with one casting. Yeah, it's like uh, everything within thirty feet of you. So, do you want to check that whole end cap and see if any of them are? I mean, thirty thirty feet would get this whole shot. Yeah. yeah. So I kind yeah, of I imagine wanna... like um, like in Ghostbusters how they've got that little meter wee, 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 that kind of measures yeah. you know paranormal activity i kind of imagine just like a, somehow attuning that to whatever information tesla collected from the ectoplasm before and then that could be like how he it, it manifests in the world like in terms of understanding it through the spell just kind of like using it as like a mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hot cold um, type of thing interesting so I, I like kind of I like that idea. I, I don't want to rob you of any like effectiveness that this spell has. Uh, so maybe on the thing it has like a grid with like the little like dot too, like the alien um, meter from Aliens. Exactly. Oh, cool. um, so so it gives you still the thirty meter radius kind of thing, and anything you know once you like fire it up. Um, it's, I don't think it necessarily has to be attuned to the specific thing, but you can to like make it beep a different color. Um, but if you if you notice if anything is magical, 
or you know whatever we're looking for in this world um you'll be able to see like the the little beep on the little dot on it like like the oh, alien like meter aliens. yeah cool that works um so you do see on there you see a dot that does adhere to the same frequency and the same you know specifications of the ectoplasm um it's a little it's probably on like the because 30 we said 30 feet uh radius or diameter which what is it it's uh for the duration you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you so that's a radius yeah so 30 feet away from them okay so 30 feet away um so at the very edge of your senses of its senses um you see a dot come bleep in and then the next beep it's a little bit closer and the next beep it's a little bit closer and it's moving toward you and at about that time you see a a young woman enter the the front of the shop she's wearing a purple um like headscarf and kind of traditional Egyptian clothes. And she says, hang on, let me get a voice for her. She says, ah, Mr. Marcus Twain, welcome to my shop. I am Corvala, owner of the Amberdoon bookstore. Hmm. I thought my good friend Zahn there was the owner and proprietor of Amberdoons. And Zahn kind of like stands up. He says, oh no, Corvala! Uh, she owns the store. I just sell the books and run it. Um, people tend to like me. I give tea. I sell books. We mm-hmm. are all part of uh, the same family. Hmm, of, of course. He says, he says family a little strange. Family. Hmm. Well, of course. Uh, well, I must again give you, uh, as the owner of the shop, uh, my highest regards. This is a fantastic a bookshop and some of the most fantastic books uh, I have ever seen. And uh, of course, uh, as there many of them are written in Egyptian, I unfortunately uh, cannot understand, <laughs> or I, I, I assume I cannot understand. I've not gone through and browsed very well. Um, but um, is she carrying a book? You said, so we saw the dot and she came in. Is she holding a book? Is that she, dot corresponding to a book? She has a satchel. Um, and she she moves into the bookstore and kind of stands in front of the the end cap that has the nice books on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she like she's like, oh, I have the perfect book for you, Mister Twain. It is in English. Uh, I think you would love it. It is one of a kind. And she bends over and pulls one of the books from the the end cap, um, and it is the uh the dark hunger book but we know that book is not fan- magical right S- yes so she's kind of blocking your view you can't see her grab it she's got like mm-hmm. her back to you as mm-hmm. she as she grabs a book and then she turns around and says this book would be perfect for you can um the way that he said family makes Houdini a little suspicious that this may be some group of charlatans or thieves. 
can he check using like his perception or thieves can't language or something of that nature? Um, so he, you definitely he suspects that she's, he suspects that she's using sleight of hand. Okay, good. So that's what, so hey, you're with, a sleight of hand with, expert. Yeah. Yes. With him saying family, he just hesitated on the word a second. Um, you, you think it could either be that English isn't his first language and he was thinking of what word that is, or it could mean something else. Um, that's what you'll get from any kind of just like naked perception or, or, uh, um, insight check. Like it was, it would have been obvious to anybody, but you're specifically suspicious of them. So, um, you think there might be a second thing. Roll me, roll me a perception. Do you, is, so I know that like sleight of hand is, is his specialty. Do you have, um, roll me a perception with advantage. I can, I have an investigation. 14. Okay, so specifically looking for and like we're all suspicious of her. So specifically looking for her to act strangely. Uh you did see a little bit of extra movement that wouldn't like picking up a book on a shelf wouldn't like wouldn't necessitate. Um and she turns around and hand and walks over to Mr. Twain and says, "This book is in English and is very popular." Uh, with young girls at our area. Maybe in America, young girls need books to read about vampires. Uh, this would be good book for you to read and and maybe find new market for yourself. And she hands Mark Twain the book. Oh, I don't mind if I do. I'll get started right here. Not going to. He's going to see if mentioning... Ah, uh, Twain. Maybe. Here is... This may not be as hmm, unique as... I mean, have I seen this book before? Kudini reaches over and he's going to attempt to do... Um, hold on, I'm looking for it. I have something here I want to try. One of the things he has is a blank book whose pages refuse to hold ink, chalk, graphite, or any other marking substance. I want to try to swap them like a sleight of hand card trick. So what are you, you're, you're trying to swap the books? Yeah. So to meta a bit, his, what he wants to do is swap the books so that we can safely bluff opening without having to actually open what could be potentially the dangerous book. Does that make sense? Yes. Like um, he's, he's afraid Twain's plan of mm -hmm. threatening to open the book. If they don't know that it is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. evil, we're all just going to get attacked yeah. or something. Okay. So you think that the, yes, because the, the actions of them doesn't, they don't seem afraid of the books. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But they could also, he thinks they, they might be thieves or something and we're all famous people that know so maybe they're just trying mm -hmm. to trap us too it could be she yeah. just sw swapped out this magical book for a normal one because it's a trap perfect so uh with the 15 i'll give you a success on that that's a you know top quarter <laughs> roll um so you're able to to swap the books um yeah see this is 
if I remember correctly, it's, and he like runs his hand over it. It's, I think this is entirely blank now. And he kind of looks puzzled at the shop owner. Is um, that true? He sees that, like, I guess, Twain knows what he's trying to do. So mm-hmm. Twain's going to uh, grab the book and open it very quickly. And he's going to notice, uh, like, the fake book. Uh, and he's going to watch, when he does it, he's definitely going to watch um, what's it, Corvala's face to see if she flinches or anything like that when he does it. Nice. Uh, and so he's, you know, he grabs it and he opens it very quickly. Does she flinch? She doesn't flinch, but what you do see is her and Zahn are both very surprised that the book is blank. Yeah. So then... But they, um, but they don't look scared. They look confused. Look uh, at... Oh! <laughs> and he looks, because now, I guess, on the cover, it doesn't say the cover's different. And yeah. So, <clears throat> so they're just confused. Despite, so uh, Mark Twain goes... <laughs> Oh, Harry! Oh, your 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 abilities outstand me. Oh, have I have we mentioned Harry? My friend Harry Houdini is going to soon be the world's greatest magician. Ah, uh, Harry, this is oh, uh, you even got me on this trick, my good friend. So uh, I think so. They both seem kind of uneasy now, um, and Corvala says. Where is the book I gave you? Ah, no need to be worried. Just simply magic, my friends. Um, Houdini will, like, run his hands back over the book to make a big show and bring the real book back. Uh, Zahn applauds. Oh, this is wonderful. This is it's magic. I thought you said you escaped from jail recently. I didn't know you were magical. <laughs> ah, but that's the main trick to escaping most situations, my friend. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. Ah, oh, my friends, my friends, I do apologize. We must be closing shop soon. The town guards do not let us stay open past dusk, and it is getting dark. Um, I, I would love to have you come back tomorrow if you would like to keep looking at books. Um, otherwise, I, I must stop packing up my shop. I don't want to be rude uh, and pack up books mm-hmm. and stuff with you here, but I, I have to bring them all home. Ah, every show must come to a close at some point. I feel a fair trade, some magic for tea. Is there a book that we think we want, fellas? So, well, when you ask that, um, Zahn says, the book that Corvala gave you seems perfect for you, Mr. Train, correct? It is an outstanding book. So I'm going to ask something, and I don't want to retcon or anything like that, because we never mentioned it. We didn't grab those books with us from... They're still at the Vatican, right? The the original books? Yeah, the like, books that... Like Mass that, Froth and no, the they, other... They, destroy, they were destroyed, so they're yes, not there yes. anymore. Yeah, they turned into ectoplasm and, and were destroyed. So you, yeah. you didn't have... Um, you could not have taken them. Yeah, so, and there's no way to show that there's a, another one or anything like no, that. The only okay. thing we no. have is it, when it was transformed into like an ect- a ball of a yeah. goo mm-hmm. that fought us, but we don't have any pictures of it before that. Mm-hmm. So I must ask you to, uh, you'll make your purchase, and again, come back tomorrow, Mr. Twain. Come earlier, we can have tea all day, we can talk, I'll show you around Egypt. Um, again, not, not, 
not often do we get famous writers and scientists and uh, criminals from jail in my shop. <laughs> Samuel, uh, perhaps if we took our time to browse tomorrow, we could uncover more treasures. Hmm. Very, very astute. I'm, I, well, I do love the recommendation. I, I feel like I did not get a full... Uh, enough time to fully appreciate this wonderful shop. And, um, and if, I mean, if, if I'm to sh come back tomorrow, I do not see why I need to make such a, a purchase tonight. Um, uh, so, well, you keep, hold on to that book and I will definitely come back for tomorrow. Um, just, I appreciate the recommendations, but you know, I'm a, I'm a man of, I wouldn't say refined, refined taste. <laughs> But I am a man of particular taste, so I, I, I do would would very much like to take my time and and see if anything else strikes my fancy. Maybe I'll get more than one book. You, I am a collector of. Oh, of course, of course, of course. How about this, Mister Train? Uh, I cannot promise this book will be here tomorrow. We, you know, we have people come very early. They buy it. I want to save it for you. How about I give you discount for the famous Marcus Twain? How about this sign? Signed my copy of Huck Fig Crocodile Tale. Signed Marcus Twain. I gives you this book for free. That does sound intriguing. I do believe that that condition uh, will work f for us. So he's going to sign Huck Fig. He's going to take the book. Uh, definitely not open it. Um, and. Um, and then he like he mess you know once again cantrip message to both of them and he says I have inkling of a plan. That's it for this session of Miles Frost Mighty Digressions, circa 1890s. Join us next week as Houdini, Tesla, and Twain continue their investigations into the case of the barbaric books. Please subscribe to the podcast at plusonegaming.com to get the latest blog posts and episodes delivered straight to your inbox, never ever spam. And please, give the show a like or review. It goes a long way in supporting the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.